The following recording is offered by the Village Zendo. For more information, please visit villagezendo.org. Hey, good morning, everyone. And all of you here. All of these technical little fine points. We should be used to them by now, but, uh, you know, each time it's kind of like amazing that we're able to do this and be together uh, here in this space. And thank you for coming. And uh, all over, all the people that are participating. You know, however we encounter the teachings, uh, the practice, uh, it's truly a blessing. We have a chance to come back to the present moment and, and to practice in a way that can free our minds from our obsessions uh, so that we can actually be of service in our lives uh, to life itself. So we can make ourselves available. I think the way we do that is to really enter the Dharma. To really enter into what the point of these teachings and uh, the kind of, as we've shown this morning, just taking the time and people going online and, and arriving at the Sendo and sitting. Uh, what are we doing? We decided to gather and practice in this way. Something has attracted us. Maybe it's just a chance word or reading that, that we encountered. Uh, even it can be a convenience that our meditation practice is offered at the right time, in the right neighborhood, on the right subway line. <laughs> it could be that it's offered online at an appropriate time in our lives. Something that resonates and allows us to explore our minds. And thus we may begin to practice meditation, zazen. And we begin to study the, the Zen teachings through reading and uh, working with the teacher, maybe attending retreats, listening to talks. Uh, maybe we like it, maybe we don't. Somehow we feel as if there's something there that is fruitful something that is healthful and alive, something we can benefit from. And vaguely, maybe we are also aware that maybe there's something there that can benefit others through our practice. So in Buddhism, it's called bodhicitta. You may have heard that phrase. Bodhi means Buddha or awakened, the one who wakes up. 
And chitta means discriminating mind. So it's the mind, this discriminating mind is bodhicitta. We began to, as we sit, to experience a kind of awakened mind. Free from the delusions that are all around us. So whether we're aware of it or not, something is arising from the moment that we sit down and say, I'm going to sit zazen, I'm going to practice. So if you consider the the whole world, uh, you can think that the Buddha-seeking mind, the awakening-seeking mind is really a rare event. The human who chances on Buddhism, the human who desires to go deeply, to find out what is this enlightenment, one who wants to care for others, who has the boldness to care for all sentient beings. So there's the first thought of enlightenment, and then there's the daily experience, the daily experience of that aspiration, the desire to be awakened, which pushes us along, and the practice that keeps it alive. So I want to talk about Dogen a little bit today, uh, just at the beginning, because I wanted to mention something that I just love that he said that he said that there are three things that can easily spoil before they're ripened. And these three things are fish eggs, mangoes, and the Buddha-seeking mind. These are three things that spoil very easily. So the the image for me of fish eggs and mangoes kind of emphasizes a fragility, you know. Uh, And at the same time, a fecundity, a kind of aliveness. Uh, And then there's the mind that seeks the Buddha. That too can spoil. We must take very good care of it. So everything changes in the nanosecond, including our minds and our feelings. So being aware of our Buddha-seeking mind, that kind of awareness may fluctuate and our attention can be distracted. So how to encourage that disposition, how to encourage in ourselves an attitude that vows to attain the way. It says, yes, this is my life. Dogen quotes Shakyamuni Buddha, 
a bodhisattva must never fail to protect their Buddha-seeking mind. They should do this as people protect their children, as a one-eyed person protects their good eye, or as a traveler passing through wilderness protects their guide. For it is the Buddha-seeking mind that finally lends itself to awakening, to supreme enlightenment. So the Buddha-seeking mind, the mind that seeks to be awake all the time, you know, walking down the street, encountering the people that we encounter in our lives, to always remember to wake up. So beautiful. But it's so easy to get caught up, you know, in an idea of the Dharma and then get lost. Uh, I certainly have many times. And it's very easy to get stuck in a fixed idea, become like a sleepwalker. I think we see that in other spiritual traditions. Uh, nowadays in this country, we see people who are embracing the beautiful teachings of Jesus, beautiful teachings of love, and yet somehow have become lost in uh, a fixation about rules and opinions and what that has to do with uh, national politics. So you can see how a, a Buddha-seeking mind or a Jesus-seeking mind could turn the wrong way and get lost. It's like those mangoes rot. <laughs> That's what a kind of warning. So I'm just going to address this in a koan that I love uh, that addresses it in a kind of interesting way. It shows how easy it is for us to get caught up in our ideas, in our dreams, in our thoughts of our spiritual practice. So here's the koan. It's uh, called Manson's Peony. Now, peony is a beautiful flower. Uh, so Officer Lu Gang and Manson were walking in a garden. And uh, the officer spoke to Nansen and he said, teaching Master Zhao was quite extraordinary. He was able to say, heaven and earth have the same root, myriad things are one body. Just at that time, Nansen pointed to a peony in the garden and said, People today see this flower as if in a dream. People today see this flower as if in a dream. What's going on? There's two protagonists in, protagonists in the story. Uh, Nansen, or Nanquan, uh, was one of the great Zen teachers of China. He was Zhou Shu's teacher uh, and Zhuang Xiao's teacher. And he lived in the golden age of Zen. And the second protagonist is Lu Bing, uh, who was a military officer and uh, a judge and quite accomplished. Uh, he uh, is known for going up to Nansen when he first met Nansen and saying, I have a riddle for you. Can you answer it for me? And he gave him this riddle that you may be familiar with. I've raised a goose in a bottle, and it gradually grew too big to get out. 
without damaging the goose in the bottle, how do you get out? Nansen called out to him, hey. Taifu said, yes. Nansen said, it's out. <laughs> and that was Liu Guang's original awakening. So the story, you know, kind of hints at Lu Bing's difficult side, shadow side, his tendency to get caught up in language arguments and lose the heart of the matter. Nankoin would shake him out, reminding him of the intimacy of just this moment. Sir, yes, it's out. So in today's case, uh, Nansen and Lubin are walking in the garden. Uh, so you imagine a beautiful Chinese garden, flowers and plants and the scents of all the, uh, the air that uh, the flowers and plants partake of. And the officer says, teaching master Zhou has quite extraordinary. Heaven and earth have the same root. Myriad things are one body. You can just imagine being in that garden and then just having this sense of oneness, you know. Uh, and so he's quoting a, a well-known uh, Chinese master. Uh, sounds very Buddhist, very Zen. All is one. What's the problem with that? What's the problem with that? You can almost imagine Nanquin reaches, reaching down perhaps to kind of smell a flower. People today see this flower as if in a dream. As if in a dream. So you can imagine why the officer said, was quoting the ancient teacher, heaven and earth have the same root, 10,000 things are one body. So you've got to say, well, what was wrong with that? People these days see this bunch of flowers as if in a dream. So I ask you, what do you see as if in a dream? What is it I see as if in a dream? Our idea of practice, our idea of enlightenment, of morality, of what is the right way for this country to move, Buddha nature, of who you are. So we, it's so easy to abstract our understanding by using words, words we've heard, words we've read. 
And in that way, we, we distance ourselves. We become cut off from our feelings of the moment. We get cut off from our own creativity and truncate our experience of the now, of this moment. And, you know, I think we do it by habit and inattention, maybe by fear of our true experience of the moment. And we overlaid it with old, with old ideas, old words, Someone else's experience is the one we should be having. We miss our own experience of this very moment. Our own moment of insight. You could say that from the point of view of the Dharma, that's the point of this koan. That's the point of the story why it's been handed down for like a thousand years. Huh? Words are not the thing itself. Koan reminds us not to get fixed in a dreamlike idea of any experience ever described by someone else. Be they be a Zen master or whatever. When we take the experience of others and say it's ours, we are as if in a dream. We are as if in a dream, including the words I'm saying right now. You know, I remember my first session, my first long retreat. I hadn't been sitting very long. Uh, and like Officer Liu Ging, I had been reading about Zen for many, many years and thought I knew all about it. <laughs> uh, but I'd never participated in a long retreat. Thinking about that time, I wrote a haiku. Name of my haiku was Midlife, the Dharma came to me. It was so easy, that scorching summer retreat, to drop my old face. It was so easy, that scorching summer retreat, to drop my old face. You know, that old face is that knowing face. That face that reads and understands. As if to think that the Dharma is something that can be read and understood. So it was during that summer retreat that I was worn down enough by the heat and the long sittings that I just dropped my understanding of what Zen was an understanding that I had reached by reading as if in a dream. And instead, I found myself experiencing what I had been reading about. 
I wrote that it was so easy, but actually it wasn't easy at all. <laughs> it felt hard and unfamiliar and strange to not hold on to any idea, to not hold on to a phrase, but to simply be, to simply be in the silence without categorizing and theorizing. I realized there were no words. My experience didn't fit into any language or any ideas that I had or that I had read or heard about. I didn't understand it. And when the retreat ended, I easily slipped back into my ordinary way of being. But something had shifted. My old face of knowing of the dream of Zen had slipped. And it took many years to sort out before I could allow, just allow the world to flow into me. And to flow out of me with bodhicitta. So that's my personal understanding in this koan. Parallel to the teachings of the Dharma. But more intimate. How can I wake from my dream? How can I wake? from my dream. And what do we do once we wake from our dream? One song's commentary in this poem says, if you say the meaning of the teachings is the ultimate principle, why did Buddha still hold up a flower? Why did Bodhidharma still come from the West? Why is there action? Why didn't the Buddha just sit? Why didn't Shakyamuni just sit there? Instead, he held up a flower as a teaching. And Bodhidharma crossed, of course, according to the legend, crossed the ocean. Why? If there's just this, why do you get up and serve the world? Why do you go out and help the immigrants that have just arrived in the city? Why do you help your friend? Why do you vote? Why do you write letters to prisoners? Why do you recycle? Why do you carry the compost down to the basement? Why do you open the Zendo online or in person? Why do you show up today? Isn't it that when our hearts open, we can't help it? When we see that the whole world is also in us and that we are in it, 
then the selfishness and fear drop away. And we care. This is not the idea of enlightenment. This is not the dream of enlightenment, but the experience. So my gatha to end this is, it is not a dream. Let's wake up over and over, offering what's needed.